I've got you under my skin I've got you deep in the heart of me Welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow coming to you here on 88.3 WPPB FM also at uh, 883wppb.org and we're coming to you from Estia's Little Kitchen on the Bridgehampton Side Garber Turnpike serving brunch and ser- now they're serving breakfast, lunch, and they're serving dinner on Fridays and Saturdays. They have a great price fix. They do. <laughs> they do because I talked about it last week. It is. It was really. I mean, it was delicious, and I'm really glad that I had some. And it's fantastic food, and we're really grateful to Colin Ambrose for sponsoring the show. Essie's Little Kitchen. We have some really interesting guests today, Alec. Yes, we do. No, I mean really, especially for the Hamptons. No, we this do. Is a this, big is, deal. this is this is when we when we said we were going to do a show like this and really just try and focus on people and things that are happening out in Eastern Long Island. I, I don't think there's a better like marriage in, in what we're trying to do week to week and have a conversation and our guests today, um, which is that we're going to be talking about ticks and we're going to be talking about Lyme disease and we're going to be talking about alpha-gal and all, I mean, there's so many, there's so many incarnations now. Usually Alec and I take the first 10 minutes to talk among ourselves, but we know, I, I mean, I think there isn't a person in our listening audience who isn't affected or knows someone who's been affected by a tick bite. Uh, we, we cover the um, eastern Suffolk and southeastern Connecticut. And um, we have April Boitano, uh, who is known as the Tick Lady mm-hmm. from TickWise Education. And we also have Brian Kelly from East End Tick and Mosquito Control. And don't bring those mosquitoes into this conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we don't <laughs> want to talk about those damn mosquitoes. One they factor only. Outside. Right? <laughs> they don't have good publicists. So, I mean, I guess if I have a question, really, my first question would be, what was ground zero? I heard it was Plum Island for Lyme disease. What, what, where did this... Well, according to uh, the book Lab 257, that is the genesis of where it all started. Um, however, honestly, spirochetes were found in Otzi the Iceman. 5,300 years ago in like the Swiss Alps. So oh. spirochetes aren't new. Right. Well, well, isn't again, that like syphilis? Our, 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 syphilis is the spirochetes. Syphilis. So there's three different there's different there's three different spirochetes. There's uh, trepanemes, there's Borrelia, and there's Leptospira. Right. But but you know we live we live on a planet that's really uh, the home of bacteria, and we as people have emerged. But long after people are gone, the bacteria is going to be here. So <laughs> yes. Not a surprise that. There's a lot of conspiracy theories now about where the ticks actually, you know, where this Lyme disease came from. I mean, like aliens? Uh, Possibly. Oh, come on, Brian. (laughs) Are you serious? Obama. And no no one, I think, is really quite sure. 100%. There's no definitive answer. Actually, I think the definitive answer is probably coming on May 14th in a new book called Bitten by Stanford science writer Chris Newby, who has all the research from Willie Bergdorfer. Wow. And so she's publishing uh, the entire story. So I think we are about to learn the entire truth about Lyme disease, where it came from, and uh, most likely the fact that I believe it's a genetically m- modified organism. Well, let's so What does that mean for p- people like me? So does it mean Borrelia, it adapts? Borrelia adapts by itself. Borrelia is a very unique pathogen. Um, it's a stealth organism, which means it keeps its host alive while pretty much feeding off of it parasitically. 
Um, it's, it's, it's impressive in that it's a pleomorphic organism. So it takes up to five sounds different... Sounds like, like a really bad house guest. So it's like ben, that Ben Franklin line. They're like, house guests and fish stink after three days. Well, yep. we, would say, we would say that Superman is dimorphic. He's either, he's either the Clark dorky Kent. guy who works at the, uh, air, at the newspaper, Clark Kent, or he's Superman. The Daily Planet. <laughs> That's what it was called. <laughs> but um, Borrelia actually takes five different forms, so it can change... It also undergoes antigenic variation, so it can change its outer surface protein. So when you say something is genetically modified, it means that it has a different presentation of the, the DNA. But when you go into... In, uh, in the course of one life? Yes, absolutely. Wow. So, so Borrelia is a, poly, it's a pleomorphic organism that undergoes antigenic variation and sheds fungal antigens. And these three things are I'm very... I'm not playing Scrabble with you. <laughs> <laughs> Too many big words. Good idea. I was just—I was literally just going to ask you to, to to riff off of Alec. How do you explain this to kids? Because I'm sitting here going, oh, "That's a whole I, bunch I of that's twenty-dollar words you're using there." Yeah, I would not explain that. So to when kids. you do April, uh, you're with Tickwise Safety mm-hmm. Education. You go into the schools. Mm-hmm. What do you tell kids? And then we're going to get to you, Brian. But I focus on prevention. I focus on prevention awareness. I focus on health protection. I focus on helping them to understand, uh, you know, catchphrases. Train your eyes to be tick wise. Don't be scared. Be prepared. If you don't want to get sick, check yourself for ticks. You have to give, give like that. Does it have to rhyme? I was, yeah, they, I was of say, course, they have to rhyme. I'm a teacher, don't okay, you? You're like, like you're like a rapper. Tick on, there's a tick on an orange. No, you got to do that whole like. Bring the boom, Bob. It's a wonderful idea. We'll have to do that. Well, I did write a little song, um, but it's you know mostly just like a finger play thing for kids. It's cute. I want. Okay, Brian says it's cute. We want to hear it. It's cute. Um, I have to think about it because I've only done it once. Okay, so you think about that, and we're going to turn it over to Brian Kelly, the obliterator, the exterminator, (laughs) the man you call when you find the ticks on your property. (laughs) The Hitler of ticks. Oh, I can't believe you went there. Too soon, Alec. Too soon. But, Brian, tell us a little bit about your business. So, East End Tick and Mosquito Control, uh, we've been eradicating ticks for over 20 years here on the East End, and... Um, our main focus is really just to, to protect people. Um, there's nothing, there's no such thing as 100% tick free on, on a property out here on Eastern Long Island. It's just, it's Can't just impossible. Um, birds, squirrels, rabbits, mice, deer, they're all bringing ticks back into your property. Right, and, let's, and let's talk about this again, because among the literature that, that you, you guys have shared, uh, ticks do not fly. Correct. Correct. Oh, God, can you imagine if, I mean, now we have the Asian longhorn tick. I mean, it's probably no, like, that's a flying tick around the corner. Right, no, so let's really? talk about that. So People how, how do ticks, ticks so from, from egg to, to, uh, to larva to, to nymph to, yeah, to yeah. adult. So uh, ticks, they crawl. They're pretty slow and they crawl, but they're very stealthy. Um, you know, it's a very, it's a common misconception that they fly or, or, or jump out of trees because a, a lot of folks find ticks embedded behind their ears and they think that the tick must have fell out of a tree or jumped onto them. Right. And the reality is ticks start from the ground and they work their way up. So um, you didn't That's notice the tick crawling on you, but for the last four hours that tick's been crawling on you trying to find a place to feed decides to find behind your ear because they like cracks and crevices 
as do we all. Right? So, I mean, it's just, <laughs> a, normal, just a normal thing. But I, I mean, with, I, women, no, with women. No judgments. Yeah. But, but really, with, your waistband, women, your belly button, yeah, behind your knee, under, under your bra. Under your bra. That's what I was going to say. Under my bra. Your waistline. Yep. Place, Those are know? areas that, that, that ticks seek out. And, and they are very stealthy. You will not feel them biting you like a mosquito. You'll right. feel that bite. Ah, and you'll slap it. But a, a tick you'll never even know is there. So That's so scary. Is it because they inject a nasty little like number into they you? Do. They do. They absolutely do. They, they are really like mild, God's perfect killing and, and machine, then, but they're tiny. The host. And then you're the host. They need a host. They need a blood meal in order to, to morph into the next stage. So from larva uh, to nymph, from nymph to adult. Right. And they're on a two-year well, life cycle. One of the things that I, that I was reading uh, just before is, is the idea that, that they need moisture. Yes. Which is something that I, I never knew. I, I just assumed... So ticks are very temperature sensitive. And yeah. uh, that's why most of the ticks, uh, especially, de especially deer ticks, um, we find them in low, dark, damp areas. Pacassandra. Also, is something that is hey, it's, the it's perimeter up to you of your like that Friday. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they really love those areas. Cool. They, 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 they dry out very quickly and they will desiccate and they will die in the sun. So they need that moisture in order to, to survive. Um, so that's why most of your deer ticks are going to be found in those under the leaf litter, in those low, dark, damn areas. When, when the Lone Star ticks, not so much. But then there was also, remember, just plain old dog ticks and Rocky Mountain spotted fever? Like, whatever yeah. happened to that? I remember that being the big deal around. when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, right. there were no deer ticks around. Right. Um, back in the 70s, we really, they might have been around, no, but we, we didn't. dog ticks. We never found huge. them. It we found like, dog ticks. It was like having a big brown balloon behind your ear. They grew up into the size oh, of a were, grape, they would swell. They and nasty. they were gigantic and they were easy to see. Yeah. And they your mom might have put uh, Vaseline on it or yeah. right. which, which, with a match. Which I just read is a huge mistake. Which is a right. huge mistake. So yeah. it's, it's a way of doing things a long time ago, but we find now with the deer tick um, that if you do use Vaseline or you, or you do something to this tick to aggravate it, it might regurgitate all oh. the things that are living in its gut oh my into God. your system and yeah. you might <gasps> contract Lyme disease. Oh, so, I just, okay, so amongst removing, other things. So, so really, if you do, all right, I mean, there, there's so much to talk about here, and, and maybe we'll, we'll table that for one second, because that seems like it could be a whole segment, what happens when you do get a tick bite. Mm -hmm. um, but, but again, you, you, um, East End Tick and Mosquito starts, and you are now on the vanguard in the front of everybody's summer and vacation and fun. Basically, right? I mean, we really are. And when we when I go to somebody's house to do an estimate or to, or to, or to meet with them, uh, and they're from, might, might not be from these parts, and I tell them about the ticks and what the problems are like and what they need to be careful of, you know, it's a real reality check. They, are you serious? They right. ask yeah. me. I said, yeah, I'm serious. Right. You can At find that end, it. it costs a lobster salad. It's just like people oh, are like, yeah. what? $75 a pound. Oh, what my pound. God. If you're listening and you're somewhere else in the world, this is really, not This is not pretend. This is... Ticks. This is serious stuff. Ticks at the yeah. beach. Yeah. Ticks on your hike. You can get ticks at the farmer's market in town. You can get a tick bite. So. Well, we're going to talk about all of that after we take a short a little break. Interlude. You're listening to Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. Sundays on the East End here on WPPB, Long Island's only NPR station. We're coming to you from Estia's Little Kitchen on the Bridgehampton Sag Harbor Turnpike, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And the dinner is on Fridays and Saturdays right now. But at the beginning of May, I think it goes to Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. You can also listen to us at 883wppb.org. Or you can say, Alexa, play WPPB on TuneIn. I just messed up some people. Anyway, we will be right back after this.
stuck on you I've got this feeling down deep in my soul that I just can't lose well, we're back Sundays on East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. Listening to us here on 88.3 WPPB. Well, not .org. It can be .org or it could just be FM. FM. A- any other ideas? No, just keep listening. You're listening to us. We have uh, Alec and I have great guests on today. We have April Boitano, who is also known as the Tick Lady from TickWise Education. And Brian Kelly from East End Tick and Mosquito Control. And uh, we are discussing, guess what? Ticks, Ticks, those nasty right. little bloodsuckers that are prevalent here on Long Island yeah, so and, let, you know and southeastern Connecticut. We dove right in, and, and the conversation go to a million places. Kind of well, like let, a tick let, does yeah, into exactly. your into your we body. Just laid and wait, waited for the moisture to show up. Um, and so let, let's just talk about like so. How did you both come to this uh, line of work and 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 education and energy? So why don't we start April? Uh, just what was your journey that led you to this? So uh, I first met Brian in 2015. I was a substitute teacher in eight different school districts, and as many teachers out here, always looking in the uh, in the one ads. And Brian had placed an ad for a substitute teacher to come and develop an educational curriculum. And I went in and I met him, and I was like, "So what's this all about?" And he goes, "Well, I have an idea to uh, teach children." how to avoid tick bites and what to do if you're bitten by a tick and all this and that. Did did you have your own tick story? You know, at that time, I didn't know that I did. That's kind of cool. Yeah. At that time, I really didn't know. That was a spiritual thing for him. (laughs) Yes. You know? So We were destined to meet, for sure. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So I came in for my interview and... And uh, April and I talked about a few things, and I knew uh, right, I had interviewed a few people for the position, and, and I knew right away that she had the passion I was looking for, and had the education I was looking for, and, and we decided to put our heads together and come up with some sort of curriculum. So uh, April, April went to work and does what she does best, and she put together this incredible curriculum for elementary school age kids. Mm-hmm. And um, how did you start getting the word out to like lo- to schools where, where this matters, which we is tra- every we, we tried doing this um, on our own in the beginning, and we had a little bit of trouble breaking into some of the schools because here's the local businessman coming into school and trying right, like to teach the kids about something. So maybe they thought like I was after something. We were something. trying to drum up business. Yeah, and that really wasn't the case. can't close the beaches at Amityville. <laughs> it's summertime. That's right. <laughs> going to need a bigger tick. <laughs> really, what I was trying to do is I was trying to give back to the community. And I was trying to, I've seen, I have young children of my own, and I see how bad the ticks really are. And, and I thought it would be a, a great way to give back to our local community by teaching kids uh, how to protect themselves from tick bites, what to do if you've been bitten, what places to avoid, just simple little things that that we thought we could get across the kids. See, we, Alec and I were both brought up in New York City, so when you're talking about places to avoid, it would be like dark alleys, <laughs> like, where else? Particular nightclubs. High school. <laughs> no, I loved high school. You got a real problem with the high school. We, we went to high school together. I loved our high school. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> they had good lunch. They had good Salisbury steak. I don't <laughs> even remember the lunch. I think I was probably still too hungover from the night before to eat lunch most days. <laughs> anyway. That's the thing is you didn't remember the days. Yeah. I remember the, the days. good things. The good things. I remember things. them kind of roasted. Okay, so, anyway, so, back, so back you dive the in, but then ticks. you find out you actually do have a personal connection. Yes, yes, I did. So that that's actually when I discovered it was I was um, 
preparing to become the tick lady and I decided that if I was going to develop a curriculum I wanted to be accurate scientific and amazing um, so I started you are all those things thank you <laughs> so I st- you are so ASA, cute together baby. I totally ship you too <laughs> Become a cute name for them. I um I started doing research and I figured I was gonna read everything there was to read. I was going to watch everything there is to watch. And I ended up watching a film called Under Our Skin. Um and it, it, it really docu- it's, a documentary. it's a documentary about Lyme disease. And at the time my father was very, very ill. And um and for years he'd been telling the whole family, I have Lyme disease, I have Lyme disease and we all kept saying, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Your tests are negative. You don't have Lyme disease. Well, that's one of the points we were talking about before we even came on the air. Tell everybody the, um, the rate of, of success with testing for Lyme disease. So, so my father, uh, he was an amazing teacher himself. Um, he, he's what we call a seronegative patient. So serology is what we normally use to test for Lyme disease. And that is... It's the performance of the immune system. So the immune system has to react to a certain pathogen and create antibodies. And serology looks for the antibodies. So it's called an indirect test. So I do not like indirect tests for Lyme disease. I like direct tests. Here's the difference. An indirect test says, there may have been a murder. Let's look for blood. Let's look for footprints. And if we don't find any blood, we don't find any footprints, there's no murder. A direct test goes, there's a dead body here. The blood, the footprints don't matter. We don't even care if you find the smoking gun. But at this state, how how accurate are those kinds of tests? I'm sure they're improving all the time. So there is a scientific journal found on PubMed.com by two researchers named Cook and Purry. It was done two years ago, and it analyzed the... um, the efficacy of all of the two-tier serology tests on the market. And what they found is out of all those tests, the mean sensitivity of the two-tier test for Lyme disease was 59.5%. So that basically you had about a little under two out of three chance of getting a proper diagnosis if you did that testing. Yeah, it's a little better. Yeah, it's a little yeah. better than a coin toss. Not very right. good. Not very good. And, 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 let's, and, and that's we, still how it is. And that's still how it is. They're trying to improve right? it, and they're really trying. It's just it's right. No, no. To be I mean, very again, like, not to turn it uh, too internal, but you know, uh, my dad passed of colon cancer, and so I have to get tested for colon cancer. And there's a lot of things on the market that you can do that, but there's one test that really can show you, and that's the getting a colonoscopy. Yeah. And so it's the same thing. It's like you'd rather have eyeballs on something. Right. Then <laughs> I'm just. I'm, I'm sorry. It's horrible. I know. And I love your, your dad. But to say you need eyeballs on a colonoscopy. <laughs> hey, just, you, know, you just got. It hit me the wrong way. Movie. Let, me clear my, let me clear my mind for a second. Here. I know. Yeah. Really, let's all I know. Just, try um, and unthink that. Yeah. I'm trying really hard. to. So, so what are the misconceptions about Lyme disease? Cause there's, cause and then so I want to talk about alpha-gal. Because that just drops okay. you. You have a stake so and you drop dead. I'm, so. I'm, I want to just finish yeah. that, that part right there. Yeah. Was that I watched the film under our skin. And I saw a, an amazing pathway named Alan McDonald and after I realized that my father was probably right I wrote him a letter and he responded and he said send me your father's blood and I will I will examine it free of charge and he did and it turns out that my father had both Borrelia burgdorferi and Borrelia miyamotoi under direct immunofluorescence it's called a fish test so when I got that piece of information back 
I became like super advocate. Then I became the tick lady. Right, right, right. Because okay, I so said, that was you know what? It, so it's really, I mean, again, I know I'm not making fun here. It's like it's, it's a call to action. It's like you it become is. heroic because you realize that, it's, that you are uniquely placed to make a difference. And there are so many people who go und- undiagnosed. I mean, out of here on, in, on the East End, it's enormous. So many. April makes an incredible difference. Last summer, she taught over 3,000 kids and teachers and right. teachers and, and and let's just let's just actually talk about it. that's three thousand but that actually might be you, you can't like uh the disprove ripple effect. A, a negative but that's three thousand families that might never have to deal with exactly this. yeah right. exactly right i know so, well that's why i actually expanded into teaching adults this this year um and also working on a, a big educational program that we'll be having that you can find on my website at www.tickwise.org all tick-wise. the tickwise.org mm-hmm. t-i-c-k W-I-S-E dot O-R-G. Okay. And so I'm having an educational symposium for adults because I'm finding that, you know, you can't count the negatives. You can't say, oh, well, I've helped this many people. And I've watched year after year that there are some people, and especially children, that are falling through the cracks with this awful laboratory right. diagnostics problem. And, and again, let's go back to this because among the misconceptions about Lyme disease, that I have and I've just been reading about is that it's 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 a blood disorder right no it's really what is Lyme disease that again you know so I'm gonna hit you with it again <laughs> Borrelia is it's a spirochete it's a pleomorphic organism takes on five different forms it undergoes antigenic variation so it shuffles its outer surface protein so it's always tricking your immune system Okay, so if it's got one DNA combination. It's almost like a tick is like a virus. I mean, it's so clever about the way it morphs and changes and spreads. It's incredible to me. So they the really could be from aliens. They live in the gut of the tick. Right. Yes. Um, so it's not the tick itself. It's the, it's the spirochetes that are living within the tick right. that get you sick. Right. Well, okay. uh, I want to I move so on the to the loan. So the tick But I just want to make this one, one observation, because I read in the last year or two that there's actually like statistical correlation with um, autism, second generation yes. autism, oh, yeah. uh, more so with tick bites in a parent than there is with vaccines. And just wait, again, so wait, I'm trying to get this clear. So you mean if a parent has Lyme disease and they get pregnant or people, something, they have a higher who, people who crunch numbers have noticed a correlation that that when kids have autism, they're, they're, they've been able to start seeing that one of the two parents might have had Lyme disease. At the time of conception? No, just again, carried Lyme disease, had it in their history. Oh. That's what I read, that, but that's, I don't know if that's right well, or wrong. Well, Richard but Horowitz was actually, and he's well known in the Lyme circles, he was just uh, at a, a conference called Lyme-induced autism. So really? yes, because autism is, is, is becoming well known that it's a dysregulation of the immune system. And when you take into account that well, the immune system has two different components. You have the adaptive immune system and the innate immune system. So when you're born, your innate immune system is at work. And then at about age two, the adaptive immune system starts to produce antibodies. So this is where you get into that whole vaccine debate, is these babies are getting a ton of vaccines before their adaptive immune system is ever really able to rise to the challenge of producing the B cells have to produce these antibodies. So what what the vaccine manufacturers do is they put adjuvants in there. And these are things like aluminum that will stimulate a robust response. Well, we're fine. 
finding that aluminum, the aluminum causes is a Alzheimer's. Very bad right, thing. But, but and I don't want to wade into the vaxer conversation as much as I just was struck by the correlation, and I had never yes. realized that. And maybe you can look at anything with numbers, but that there was Lyme disease. There was this that that popped up in the autism conversation, mm -hmm. which I had never suspected. MS is another one, mm -hmm. um, and there, there's a right. There's a few other. MS. There's a few other oh, yeah. autoimmune diseases that that. People aren't yeah. sure. Is it Lyme disease? Is it this? Is it well, that? Well, there's it, a correlation a between ALS, MS, Parkinson's, lupus, um, rheumatoid arthritis. There's a on lot and of, on and on. Yeah, on and on. So um, with yeah, ticks, and you think that that's going to become more and more kind of a salient um, knowledge as as we move forward? I think that people, if people, if we can get crowdfunding for the right research that has unbiased results reporting, or we just we're get find Brian out there with like all the spray in the world, just eradicate them forever. I want to get on to talking about the alpha gal, and now like we need another freaking tick. Now we've got the Asian longhorn tick, yes. but we are going to take a little break. First, we're talking with April Boitano, the tick lady from uh, tickwise.org, and we're talking with Brian Kelly from East End Tick and Mosquito Control. You're listening to Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow here on Sundays on the East End, coming to you from Estia's Little Kitchen on the Bridge Sag Turnpike, where the conversation is cool and the coffee's always hot. And you're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB FM. We're back Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow. And we're speaking with April Boitano and Brian Kelly. We're talking ticks, which everyone on the East End and, you know, points west and points north up in southeastern Connecticut. It's it's just a real thing that everyone needs to be careful about. And now let's talk a little bit about the Lone Star Tick and the, the repercussions of getting bitten by, by that. I actually have been bitten by a Lone Star Tick. But for some reason, I didn't. I did not. I mean, I think I must have gotten it right away. But I know that the Lone Star Tick is the one that causes the alpha gal. Is that right? The it's an allergic reaction. Right. So it's not a it's not a pathogen or a disease. But it's just an right. allergic reaction. Your just body. in case someone who who doesn't know what what I'm talking about is that you become allergic to red meat. Right. And but I don't mean just like a, you know you don't break out in hives. I mean it it can literally kill you Take to have life, a sure. bite of steak or or beef stock yeah. on something. It, I mean it's been termed the Hamptons heart attack, uh, and it sounds crazy, but. A, a lot of folks, after they'll have a steak dinner on a Friday night, about four hours later, midnight, they're rushing themselves to the ER thinking they're having a, a heart attack and they're having heart palpitations and they're sweating and they have all the symptoms. It turns out they were just they were bitten by a Lone Star tick and they ate meat and now they're having this. Now, uh, does it have to do with how how long the tick is on you? About no. how bad you get no. it? Nope. It's just different folk strokes, different Everybody's ticks for comp different. Everybody's body chemistry is different, so Schmucks, it reacts to yeah. everybody differently. <laughs> okay. Yes, that is just amazing. And but you can tell a Lone Star tick at least because they they clearly have a little white spot on them. Only right? the well, females. Adult females do. Oh, you're kidding. Are, nope. And you can get it from either one. That's true. You can that get it from true. a male or a you female? You can get it from a male or a female. But the, the females are the ones that will feed to repletion. The males just kind of sip. You know, Alpha Gal just sounds like it should be a superhero name, though. <laughs> I want to be Alpha Gal. I want to have an Alpha Gal scholarship. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Anyway, uh, but so tell us also about now that we have a new, a new kid in town, the Asian Longhorn Tick. 
Right. Can, there's an Asian longhorn beetle. Yeah, there is, and it's what, been uh, to really... Um, when ticks are named, are they named because of where they originated from? Or is it something about what they look like? Or You, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I believe uh, uh, the lone star tick, the white spot on, on its back, uh, it comes from the southern parts. No, it's not a Texan. It's, right. it's not, not really a Texan It's not from Texas, but, uh, but it does look like there's a white a star. But it doesn't want to be messed with. Don't mess with this tick. <laughs> They're very aggressive. Texas. They're the most aggressive tick. Don't yeah. mess with So Texas. the difference really between the lone star tick and the deer tick, uh, the deer tick we usually find in the edges in those low, dark, damp areas we were talking about, but the lone star tick is very aggressive, not as temperature sensitive, will come to find you. So they don't, don't just quest and wait on a branch for somebody to walk by to attach to. They hunt. They will hunt you and come find you. They're I've, attracted I've heard, to the carbon dioxide your body lets I've off. I've heard people sitting, saying they were sitting in the grass and suddenly the yes. grass started moving exactly. and there were like a hundred ticks coming toward them. That's a the lot most, of folks sitting by the pool reading a, a book horror, for the afternoon that come movie. right out of the woods. Are there horror movies about ticks yet? Um, there should be. There should be. <laughs> there really should <laughs> there be. Really they are scary. Be. And then what's the, tell me about this Asian longhorn So tick. the Asian longhorn tick uh, is, is somewhat new to our area. We're just finding out about it. Uh, it has been found in Suffolk County uh, mm-hmm. as of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it can multiply without a partner. So the female what? tick Wait a minute, can wait a minute. Asexually right reproduce. Asexual reproduction. I mean just one tick. So one they tick don't can need, reproduce. They don't have to deal with their itself. husband's bullshit. And their wives' bullshit. And, okay, okay. And the scariest thing is they reproduce so quickly they can they can cause exsanguination, which is a cool word that basically means they drain all the blood from the animal and the animal dies because there's so many ticks on it. Is that what's happening to the moose up in like New Hampshire and Maine? New Hampshire, yes, yes. So they'll get like uh, I mean I this is so I hope no one's eating while they're listening to this but like how many ticks does it take thousands to be, like th- thousands of ticks cover this animal and and well, drain it of blood ticks can lay up to what five thousand yeah, three to six thousand eggs three in to a clutch. six thousand so an egg we in a find clutch. deer with uh you know eight nine hundred ticks on it easy mice couple hundred ticks uh, a mouse with a couple of hundred yep. ticks oh yeah oh my god that's yep. just so terrifying it is but, so, but the, the thing that we're finding is those lone star ticks are out in the middle of the lawn they're in areas where Ten years ago, we we only had the deer tick. So it was the people who went in the woods and things would account, encounter ticks. And now with the Lone Star tick, you're encountering them everywhere right. in the lawn, and uh, they're just everywhere. Right. Okay. And um, and so I might be serving you up a big softball. So what do you do to prevent this? Well, our spraying programs we spray monthly uh, for the ticks, but there's no such thing as a cure-all. There's no such thing as a spray. But you're not like putting methaprene in the water. No, we're certainly not. We're using a permethrin product that disappears within 30 days. It kills the ticks dead. It's not a repellent. Uh, it's what New York State recommends for tick control. Can you say it that, that like in Muhammad Ali's voice? It <laughs> kills the ticks dead. <laughs> But we're really trying to do a, a, a real good job at getting rid of these ticks, but it's impossible to get rid of them all. And, and we feel, April and I both feel, that education is a real key to uh, preventing a lot of these diseases. And not just educating children, but now educating adults because mm-hmm. people just don't know. Even with all the information out there, it's, it, you'd be surprised how many people call me a, 
on a weekend in the summer and say, I have ticks all over the screen at my house, and I'll come to visit, and they're Japanese beetles. Yeah. So education is just really, what does a tick look like? What does it really look yeah, like? Yeah, what does it? Well, I and, saw and does it, it. It does a tick dream. Does, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Only about blood. <laughs> so, so when April and I go around and we, bring, and we bring ticks and show people what, you know, the real size of a tick, we'll embed them in some poppy seed bagels and ask somebody, find the tick on this bagel. And There's they can four can't. ticks on that bagel, and they Not they're smaller a than a poppy glass. seed. These because uh, because the, the the nymphs are so small. Yes. So small. Uh, but again, so so spraying and an aggressive spraying program, a proper one, makes can, a big can difference. Make a big difference. But, uh, but people want to have a good time. People want to be outside. People uh, we're getting to the warmer weather. What can people do day to day when and to enjoy? Well, those are the socks I just I brought you. Tell me about those I socks. Did you guys socks. did you guys invent these? No, we didn't invent them. Oh, yeah, they have no smell. Permethrin has no smell. So they're socks that are infused with, with permethrin. permethrin. So let me tell you what permethrin is. Yes. Permethrin is a synthetic chemical. It's made from chrysanthemum oil, and it has one molecule that's modified that makes it last longer. It is extremely lethal to ticks. Not so bad for humans or dogs. Not good for cats. Okay, so we I've have to be that. very careful with permethrin around cats. But here's the best news that you How might about hear chickens? about. chickens? I'm sorry. Chickens, chickens are wonderful because okay. they groom each other and they eat ticks. But they're okay with permethrin. They're okay with Because okay, I have chickens. Okay. Um, so you could be 74 times less likely to have a tick climb up your leg if you spray your shoes and socks with permethrin. And once and a month. You, and is this an over-the-counter over 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 product? You can get it on the internet. You can get it at the hardware store. It's odorless. Uh, your body absorbs permethrin at 1% as opposed to DEET, which your body absorbs at 10%. And it's neurotoxic. Remember, we were talking about this before. Remember like running through like cloud, like they would spray, spray these orange clouds of DEET and we'd be like, woohoo! It was like Holly in India. We were like running through that stuff. Oh, we love it. You know, Agent Orange. Yeah, exactly. It was terrifying. So they are developing safer and and more right. so um, topical, topical treatment, treatment. Right. Which is, if you do it enough, becomes almost second nature. It stops being a. a well, you know, spraying the shoes, you do it like every four to six weeks. So the right way to spray your shoes would be wear a nice, like, cloth sneaker, put it outside, away from any pets or water, and then spray it till it's soaking wet, let it dry, and you're good for four to six weeks. Then if you add the second layer, which are those socks I gave you, <clears throat> that's going to last, you know, that those are going to last for 40 washes. Then your shoes will last like a which month is, to a month like and a half. Which is like 27 years for me. So... <laughs> But when a tick climbs up, when a tick, so ticks don't jump, they don't fly, they climb up. But they brush it, but if, if you're going to, if they you, brush it. You're absolutely You usually right? don't but find ticks more than that. two feet off the ground. Really? So, yeah. I did not know that. You don't find ticks more than two feet off the ground, For usually. the most part. Right, right. 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 That's, that's, that's an really exception to every rule. But. So, but beach grass would be a problem. Loaded with ticks. Okay, that's, yeah. what are, where are the worst places? I mean, I know that they're. You know, prevalent well, the, the everywhere. Woodlands for sure. Woodlands and the edges of your property. So the edges of your lawn, where the lawn breaks into woods, that echo zone. Maybe the first ten feet in is real, where we find most of the ticks. Now it used to be really that they came. There were dog ticks and deer ticks. We kind of knew the source, even though ticks the deer ticks really a, came from mice. They have a preference for different but animals. What I for mean sure. is, is by um, limiting or, or culling the deer population, or is there the studies that we that, that, that I've read and that I, and some of the seminars I've been to? You'd have to bring the deer population almost to nothing in order to make any sort of impact. And the reservoir for lime is mice. Right. I remember those Daminix, right. like those tubes, so and I would put the those cotton. Those are great. Yeah. Uh, let's we go back to that. Mice, mice are really the host 
Mice are the ones that are holding all these nasty germs like Babesia and Lyme disease. And, they are and, the reservoir. They're the and, reservoir. Um, and Brian was saying that those cotton things, do they still make those? They do. They still make them. Uh, the Daminex tubes or AKA the tick mm-hmm. tubes. And right. Or you can make them yourself. We have, some, I have clients who make them themselves. You know, they'll take a toilet paper roll tube, fill them with cotton, spray the cotton down with a permethrin, just like you would do on your shoes, put them in the tubes and place them around your and, yard and where then, you think mice are going to be. And the mice will take them and, the and make pile, a little nest. Make your nest with it. And, the and then there's the ticks on them. And it doesn't harm the mouse at all, but it kills all the ticks that are in the mouse's right, right. bedding. It, it's a great addition to a spray program and it a great addition to, to spraying your shoes. And right. it's just another Okay, so, so prevention... Which it sounds like once a month, once every four to six weeks, you do something, and then you, you have more confidence in enjoying the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the day of? You know, like let's say you're going out. You know, I mean, again, like when my kids were younger, I take them to the beach. I wasn't thinking in these terms, and we're going out to the beach in the same way that we put uh, sun lotion on so they wouldn't get burned. What what are there just topical products that you would recommend? So, so, so these tick control products, um, this permethrin product and even DEET, which doesn't work as well, but it work, also works really well for mosquitoes and you can put DEET on your skin. Hey, we told you not to bring we'll the mosquitoes up. We'll give you a short-term um, <laughs> protection right? as opposed to the permethrin, which is more for your clothes and long-term protection. So, right. um, and, then, and, then, and then after the fun, after everybody's had their fun, what happens after an activity? Like, what would you recommend? Tick checks. Absolutely. Well, I said that's the Hamptons version of foreplay is checking each other for ticks. <laughs> so what? So tick checks know, walk, can walk be me fun. Through what you would say is a thorough tick check. So, so when I, I I like to just explain to the kids, I say this is what I do. Okay, I spray my shoes and socks. If I'm going to be in heavy tree cover, I spray a ball cap and I wear a hat. I wear white so that it's easy to see the ticks. I stay away from the tall grass. I stay away from any of the underbrush. I say, and then what I'll do is I'll spray myself with some essential oils. So with es- what, what? Essential oils. Like Lavender. What? Really? Right. And um, they so help? The Department of Health has actually tested these products and lemon eucalyptus is a good repellent. So when my daughter had to do a science project, we put ticks in jars, we sprayed little sock strips with different synthetic and natural products. And what we found was that they both repelled ticks equally as good. Okay, so ticks are attracted to CO, CO2, and heat. So our exhalation, our breath, what our car exhales, CO, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, and heat. So I would breathe into the jar, move that sock around, and see if the tick wanted to climb on it. They didn't like the natural stuff any better than the synthetic. The difference is, is when I closed the jar, the permethrin tick was dead in four minutes, the DEET tick was dead in eight minutes, the pyrethrin tick was dead in six minutes, and the things with cinnamon, clove, peppermint, they were still crawling around the next day. Okay. So, here's so what I... it doesn't kill them, but it, it does repel them. them. It doesn't but it repels them. So, well, what I tell good. the kids is, you don't smell good to them. If you don't like broccoli, it's like you smell like broccoli to that tick. He comes up to you and he goes, well, no, thank you. Let me go bite that rabbit over there. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Is there anything that we can take a... That, that's my default also. <laughs> <laughs> but Alec had said, you know, you, we give our dogs something to chew that mm. repels fleas or repels... I mean, are they working on anything internal, a pill or a something that humans can take or is there a particular food that they don't like so so um i have heard of something called cystus tea and i'm not going to talk about it because i haven't tried it yet but i have heard starting to hear in like the holistic communities that cystus tea makes you smell really bad and that the ticks don't like you yeah to the (laughs) i don't know what it 
Again, I haven't tried it yet. We okay, well, I will it. try it, and so then you will smell me. Trials and we'll are coming up. Sissus tea by Dior. When you... When you talk about um, next guard shoes, so that's axophalaner. And believe it or not, there are human trials underway in Africa where malaria, which is a vector, another vector-borne illness, is a big problem. So they're trying next guard shoes on humans. Wow. So we'll see what those if trials are. If that works, I, I would totally be rocking that. I would be <laughs> totally rocking that. Because that, that, my dog, my dog it, it chews on that thing once a month, and I've pulled dead ticks off of my dog and I've and I've seen them fall off my dog but my dog has never had any issues with ticks and I'm like I want what Scooby's getting <laughs> <laughs> well that sounds we'll take a little Scooby snack break right now you're listening to Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow here on Sundays on the East End on WPPB Long Island's only NPR station we're coming to you from SDS Little Kitchen and we'll be right back get off my lawn did you hear me I said get off my lawn now so take it and check yourself before you wreck yourself. So take it and check yourself before you wreck yourself. And we're back on Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex, Alex Pottymouth Sokolo. You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB-FM. Also, you can listen to us online at 88.3 WPPB.org. And uh, you can always donate. We are a listener-supported public radio, and we are Long Island's only NPR station. So please, if you like this show, please call in with a donation or visit the website. And we are coming to you from our sponsor, Colin Ambrose, Estia's Little Kitchen, where you can have the most delicious Mexican kind of fusion breakfast lunch and dinner on Fridays and Saturdays now they have dinner and we have April Boitano the tick lady tickwise.org and Brian Kelly from East End Tick and Mosquito Control and it's so funny actually because you know we knew that April was going to come on and then I was like I want to get Brian Kelly on I had no idea that you two worked together so that you two had formed this thing together I just was bringing Brian I was like I figured it would be like a point counterpoint kind of like controversial no this is what you do with ticks no this is and then maybe even fisticuffs and like bloodshed but that's just me anyway I've ever had a fight with Brian Alec did you want to uh ask any particular questions well you know um i think in the break we were talking brian and you talked about the need to educate right and and the, the education is so important and obviously april that's that's your big thrust mm-hmm. um but really in the time we have left like look we all love eastern long island we all love being yeah. outside we all love all the activities. we don't love ticks no right but but this is a reality and this yes. is a reality that we all have to also kind of guard against and so Let's just talk about that moving forward. How do we enjoy our lives out here? How do we enjoy everything that, that is here while not putting ourselves in, in positions where we're going to have to pay a huge price? I mean, I think folks just need to be proactive uh, in, in learning, learning about ticks a little bit um, because they're not just found here on Eastern Long Island. If you're coming from New Jersey or you're coming from Connecticut, there's ticks there as well. So, yeah, the um, ticks in New Jersey. Oh, forget about yeah, they're really, it. Forget they're about it. There's some right. made ticks there. Yeah. <laughs> but in all in all reality, learning learning about ticks just a little bit and where they're found and and how to avoid them and what to do if you've been bitten, these are all really really important things. And all right, um, and, and April, you were saying. So, what do you do if you've been bitten? Like what? Okay, so so it's very, very important that you do not do the things that those of us who grew up here 
would do, which is put Vaseline and wait for the chick to back, back the itself day. out. Or if you, what if you pick it off and the head stays Not in there? Not a good idea. So, so the germs are in the belly. Okay, so the head, you know, may or may not have some germs in it but really you want to remove a tick completely and you want to remove it as soon as you find it so aside from knowing where they live aside from wearing clothing that you can easily see them and staying out of tick habitats the most important thing you can do is do your daily tick checks uh, especially on children because they have much less bumps and crevices than hum- <laughs> the, the adults, <laughs> humans do, um, the ticks will end up on their heads more often than right. not because if they make it that high, they go all the way up to the top, whereas people like us might find them in other places um, of the lumps and bumps. The lady so, lumps. Yes, yeah, so we want to <laughs> make sure that those children um, are checking pretty much every night um, I do teach them to advocate for themselves I teach them education is power knowing is half the battle so you have to know where they live know how they operate try to stay away from them and then do your tick checks if you find a tick on you step one don't panic and I tell them look we don't have our nails with a banana do we kids no we I do ha- <laughs> <laughs> we have her with a you got to get the I'm right tools to okay so we don't use our fingers to take off a tick we don't squish them we don't put anything on them no nail polish no alcohol no essential oils i don't care what you've seen on youtube you got to get a good pair of tick tweezers get in as close to the head as you can pull gently and steadily up in one motion Take that tick out, and then I want you to save it. And put it in a piece of tape, right? Scotch tape. And then scotch tape or into like a plastic baggie. You want to save it because that's the smoking gun. That's the evidence. If someone gets sick, your body has about five to five and a half liters of blood in it. That's a lot of blood, okay? And the tests we were just discussing are extremely imprecise. So if you are really sick and they can't figure out what's wrong with you by doing all these fancy lab tests, guess what? Dissect that tick because it's got less than one drop in there. And chances are you may find some things you don't have, but you will likely find the thing that's ailing you inside the gut of that tick. All right, so you want to save the tick. Um, and and you, you, you're a big advocate for direct testing. So again, just huge. So huge. let's talk about that for a second. So that is how um, I got my father diagnosed. And that's how I got myself diagnosed. Um, you mean I go kids. in and say, I want to be tested for this? Is that so what you mean by direct So in the state of New York, testing? you cannot get direct testing at this time. And like in some places, you can't get direct TV. <laughs> so and when you're with Alex Soglow, it's very hard to get a direct answer. That's, I can see this. <laughs> But you laugh a lot. Yeah. Um, so I was only able to receive the direct testing from Dr. Alan McDonald because it was pro bono. Okay. So we didn't pay for those tests, but he was able to visualize so the Borrelia. Are you guys advocating for direct testing yes. Uh, yes. on Long Island yes. at Brian? Yes, we need a better test. That's, we need, uh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Because if, if the CDC or ITSA wants to say, well, three weeks of antibiotics and you're cured, we'll prove it. Show that there's no more Borrelia in the blood or the, the tissues. Other thing. I mean, the doxycycline that they prescribe for Lyme disease patients. I know people who are on the, take it three times a year for two weeks. I mean, it's it's that must have some kind of repercussion to be on antibiotics that much. It, it's certainly not good for your body to be on uh, antibiotics that much, especially if you're not sure if you have something. Right, because they start you right on it. Is it? I mean, they wanted me to start right on it before I was diagnosed, and my diagnosis came back negative. So I would have been on it for five days, taking an antibiotic I didn't need. Yeah, the problem is that, that is when you really like, need it, you yeah. might you might not be able yeah. to use it. I know, but it's like throwing a lot of pasta at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. And uh, do you see in the future there being a 
a better way of treating this? Well, there's actually better tests now. They're just not available. So there's DNA testing, RNA testing, next generation, um, you know, DNA sequencing tests. There's tests out there. They're just not made commercially which, which available. Back, which goes back to educating oneself, because the more yes. you have the information, the more you can actually not rely on a system that isn't necessarily at the very front of the conversation. Yeah. You know, if you're not bitten in the first place, you won't get sick. So <laughs> that's, right. why that is the goal that's why we feel education. That's why we feel So and that's not just from spraying, but that's more from education as yeah. well. Because spraying is not a cure-all. I have two things I think are really important to touch on. One, we were just talking about doxycycline. Um, there's actually a petition into the Infectious Disease Society of America by a group of advocates that are saying, please remove the language about getting one dose of doxycycline as an effective preventative for Lyme disease. Um, that's based on one study that's deeply flawed. I would say to anyone, if you get bitten by a deer tick and you are worried about Lyme disease, do not take that one day of doxycycline because I'll tell you what it does. What it does is it prevents you from developing the bullseye rash, which will prevent you from getting a clinical diagnosis. What it will do is increase your chances exponentially of being seronegative, which is the scary not a good thing. way to be. Right. And what are the chances when you get bitten of actually developing a bullseye rash? Uh, isn't it only like 50%? Everybody's different. Everybody's yeah. body's different. And it's the a, bullseye it's rash, could, you could be bit on your shoulder and you could get the rash on your leg. Get out of town. Yeah, so it, the rash is not always where the site of the bite is. I remember a really good episode of Scrubs or maybe it was House or something where they had to shave the guy's head and that's where the rash was because they couldn't find the rash. Mm -hmm. But anyway... Uh, Not everyone develops a rash in response to Lyme disease, but if you take that one shot of doxycycline, you're not going to, you, right. chances of getting So, so you think you're doing something uh, right. beneficial, but you might actually be harming the proper diagnosis. Absolutely. Well, we're just about wrapping up our show. I mean, what do you want to take us we out We could with? talk about this all day. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because um, ticks are a real problem. They're a right. huge problem, and there's so much fear and misinformation. Um, so I guess that people, April, can go to your website, which is tickwise.org yes. yes and they can also i guess book you to come to schools or i mean hospitals I, you go all over the place our calendar talk. is filling quickly yes yeah, yeah. I this bet. summer i'll tell you i bet so tickwise.org and then brian if they know they have ticks and they want to get rid of them so um, they can call my website's tickcontrol.com um and we have a lot of great information on there but i'd be happy to visit your home and do a walkthrough and, and are you and trying to pick me up i'm married <laughs> dude thanks we yeah, do a walkthrough you know, check you for ticks whatever yeah, it happens whatever happens <laughs> we need to do he's an expert yeah, well there you go that's what i don't want. panic it's organic <laughs> nice that's awesome so is there any last uh, last thoughts you have as far as uh, what's the future i mean it doesn't seem unfortunately i wish we could go out on a high note but it doesn't seem like it's getting a lot better in fact in some ways it seems like like you said they're kind of morphing and developing uh, their own immunities to to the existing medication and and uh, protocols well i think one of the good high notes is that um, there are some advocates that have been very successful, like Jenna Lush Thayer, who formed the ad hoc committee for updating the ICD Borreliosis codes for the ICD-11 with the World Health Organization. So it increased the number of codes from four to about 15. Uh, sadly, though, there was a code in there, uh, 1C1G.2, which was congenital Lyme Borreliosis, that was illegally removed by the Public Health Agency of Canada. Um, they they removed it in December. You, you just kind of went off the reservation for me. Yeah, we, like, again, what, don't want to play you in Scrabble. What, <laughs> tell me what that means. 
Well, that means that just like another spirochete, syphilis, okay. uh, Borrelia is known to cross the placenta and cause um, problems in children. Okay. But it's not well defined, and so that was the excuse for removing this code from the ICD-11, which was that letter from um, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau that you saw in my folder. Yeah. So I did get a response from them, but the response was basically... Uh, putting me in contact with the very people who pulled the code after the deadline had passed. Welcome to politics. I don't, I don't care about them. They're Canada. Let's talk more about the East End. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what are your summers looking like as far as um, tick control and tick education? You said you're... Uh, We're gearing up for a very busy season. We had a very mild winter, uh, and we really think it's going to be a, a, a very ticky season, so to speak. Unfortunately, unfortunately, all the more reason, though, all, all the more reason to not fear it, but prepare yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Alec. Prepare. Be prepared for ticks this summer. So a good way to be prepared is to check April Boitano's website, tickwise.org. Yes. If you already have ticks or if you want to, you know, fight them before they even get there. Give Brian Kelly a call at East End Tick and Mosquito Control, tickcontrol.com. And, uh, and if you want like a puppet show or some kind of um, well, like I want a puppet show. I will come to one of it's my incredible. puppet shows. No, will you just come to my house and do it? I get bored really, <laughs> really, really a lot. like an interpretive dance? <laughs> no, you don't want to No, come on. Don't you have a big tick costume? You can come I do. Like, Brian has the Brian big, has tick big tick costume. Did you like oh the cartoon, the tick? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't really want I've never really watched it, but I like that guy. He's pretty cool you know, with that's it. That's like asking, like, do you know, if you work all day, like with fish, you know, do you eat fish at night? He works with ticks. He's not going to watch ticks on his spare time. Right. <laughs> All right. I'm just wondering. Anyway, just wondering. thank you so much for joining thank us, you. April Boitano, the Tick Lady, Brian Kelly from East End Tick and Mosquito Control, and uh, our wonderful producer Kyle, Kyle Lynch. You. As always, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow here on 88.3 WPPB. Everybody, be well and stay well. I'd like to see you out in the light. I'd like to kiss you. Back in the sticks. Yeah.